This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey everyone, nice to be back. Sorry for the uh, hiatus there, I was traveling. Didn't really uh, get it together. Probably could have not had a hiatus, but I, uh, I'm easily overwhelmed. Which I talk to, I talk about that with Ophira Eisenberg later on, who's my guest today. But I have some upcoming tour dates starting Thursday the 23rd for three nights. I'll be at Moon Tower Comedy Festival, April 30th in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, at Steel Sacks, Arlington Draft House in Virginia on May 8th, Park Theater in Winnipeg on the 21st. That show's gonna sell out. May 22nd, at Space in Evanston, Illinois. June 18th, Crossroads at Hawaiian Brian's in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'll be adding another Hawaiian date and some shows in Israel and some shows other places. So check me out, toddberry.com, at Todd Barry. Check out Feral Audio, who brings you this podcast and a lot of other good podcasts. So check them out, support them. And here's Ophir Eisenberg. Hey, Ovira. Why don't we start? Out, let's start out by pronouncing your name wrong. Sure. How did I get Ovira? Uh, you know what? Because you you defaulted to what it probably should be. I Anything think, uh, but the way my name is I'm actually said. I'm so lazy that I just my voice just stopped two <laughs> syllables into my the podcast. Uh, you gave up. But you know that I know how to say your name. Yeah, thanks. One of the few. I've actually known comics for years. That it's fine. I get it. It's hard. But I, I recently, who did I run into? It was like, hey, Ophria. And I was like, wow, we've known each other Seriously? for a decade. Ophria. Ophria. At least, I mean, Ophria is a real name. I don't think Ophria <laughs> Yeah, Ophria. Like, no one's naming their kid Ophria. I feel like I, is, that, is there a bar named Ophria? I hope not. In Bushwick? Could be. Brand new one. We'll both look that up later. <laughs> Now, I ran into you at the cellar for the first time in a long time. Yeah, uh, that was nice. A few days ago, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen you, I don't think I had seen you in like two years, maybe? It's possible, Is yeah. That, that's, where did you, you, you're laying low, huh? Yeah, I was laying low. I, uh, yeah, I took some time off to just reconsider. No, um, co- a huge combination of things. Some, some laying low, there was some situations that made me lay low against my willpower okay but i also just started traveling like crazy yeah and when that happens i mean i know you do it uh but i just i become like the day i come home if i have a day off in between i'm not doing anything really yeah i I never uh i have that same thing where i think oh i should i should i'll just come home and i'll take that day off and then i you know i've gotten off of planes from like Australia and been like, all right, what do I do tonight? Right, I know. Then it's, well, that's the it's other like, side of it. So, then you're at home and you're like, wow, this sucks. Yeah, you're so cooped up on a plane <laughs> that you're like, I don't want to just sit in my apartment now and I'm, and just wonder what I, I should just, be doing. I need to tear up a dance floor. <laughs> that is true. Even with, um, I, I get to do a bunch of different gigs on the road because it's not just stand up. Because I do stuff with uh, NPR and then I do stuff with the Moth. And sometimes the those audiences can be so different, and and they'll they can be especially Moth audiences, right? They like are really engaged and they love this thing called the Moth, which if you listeners do not know, it's a storytelling organization, very popular podcast and radio show. Um, but they, you will not fail on that stage. You have to you have to work so hard to fail. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and the, your levels of success are similar to that of any performance. You can do okay, or you can not. You can kick the roof off the place because they're so engaged. Uh-huh. So, but it's in your favor. 
And I will come home and sometimes I will go, you know what I just want to do? I just want to go to a basement and tell some people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. I am dying to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can do that at the moth. No, you, yeah. And it's not the form. It is not the form. Yeah, I had Adam Wade on here. Oh, yeah. Isn't he like the Beatles of the moth? <laughs> he <laughs> the he is known the for winning more story slams uh, than I think anyone in the history of the moth. He's won like 17 or 18. I think now that's become legend, though. I think it is actually maybe 16 or 17, but I think now people are like 25, yeah, yeah. 74. <laughs> might as well, as far as I'm concerned, might as well be a thousand because, like, what I think I asked him about this. Like, how do you have, I don't have 17 stories in my whole life that are worth telling. No kidding. That's how I feel. How many times have you done it? The story slam? Yeah. Well, I moved from doing it to hosting it. Ah, that's a so, nice yeah. move. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now you don't have to have any good life experience. You can have little snippets, <laughs> which are way more entertaining. Two minutes of something that happened. Yeah, I mean, it must be weird walking around going, oh, is this, is this a story? Just, I guess it's like being doing comedy. Well, uh, yeah, to a certain degree, although I will say, you know, there's that, uh, the you know, the Chinese curse may lead an interesting life. Oh, yeah? That's so like, a, you know, the curse, which is... Of an interesting life? Yeah, to lead an interesting life is a curse, because obviously that means that not everything is great. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so... I probably have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Chinese. Someone right now is like, it's Japanese I'm or sure it's we'll American. I'm sure we'll both get multiple corrections. Uh, <laughs> that's... Oh, my gosh. Work in public radio. If you love getting corrected... Oh, really? <laughs> that's, listeners live to correct you there's something about being corrected like on Ugh. on twitter like now what i do if someone corrects me i i will c fix the correction or delete it and then i mute them <laughs> exactly right i really exactly. do that because i just you can't respond there's just something like they put that little asterisk and the misspell like you're just ready to pounce on that what do you do do we, people ever tweet you that they're offended by a particular bit of yours uh no i mean there's times they've i've been misunderstood i don't know if i've gotten that tweet yeah. But I've gotten every variation of tweet that you don't want to get. <laughs> like just the general, so like, you, we don't like this. Blah, so blah, you blah. said something that offended? Uh, I had a joke that kind of uh, yeah was part of a podcast, and someone glommed onto it. It was just very simple. It's, I was I used to work in IT. That was my day uh -huh. job at some point when I lived in New York trying to support myself right. to survive. And I was talking about that, and I made a joke. I'm not, I didn't go to school in it. So I, I make a joke that how I've got people to teach me because I'm not a model, but I'm IT pretty. That's it. And someone wrote, what does that mean, IT pretty? And so I wrote back, it's a self-deprecating joke about the fact that most people in IT aren't that good looking. But, you know, so I, I was the top of those I, people. I wonder which field that person works in. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Guess what they work in? They're a woman who is very strongly involved in the IT, also part of something like girls who code or you know and, and she was like i personally find this offensive uh blah 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 and i felt like writing back you know what if you think i'm the enemy was that an email or a tweet that was a tweet so yeah. i responded back if you think i'm the enemy it's a huge problem and then i muted her oh good yeah <laughs> that is a lovely power like the retort and then the silence yeah i was like an uh, mute activist before twitter had it because i was like i don't want to block these people then they know they're blocked and then they right they then they become more aggressive else and they're yeah. like oh why'd you block me man i was just kidding you're thin-skinned that's my favorite thing is you're thin-skinned like people say that about comics when they block them right i was like well we don't know you so if you say something that's aggressive and mean with we're not going to assume you're joking. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're joking. Right. And and it is, I guess, I can never actually figure out if this is fair. Because sometimes I do the thing where I'm like, you know, I watched that movie. And I don't know, maybe, you know, so-and-so is not, not, it wasn't their best work. Like, I'll be hypercritical yeah. of someone who's clearly dedicated decades of their life, of mm -hmm. their life to an art. Uh, yet I will also be in the bathroom after a gig and I'll hear someone go, you know. Kind of like the first person. Oh, yeah, after yeah. The, that, the, the, uh, you know what? I just want to shake them by the, the shoulders. Post-mortem. I love that. Yeah. In the bathroom right beside you. Right. And you just want to shake them and go, these people are trying really hard. Right. Also, you know not to go to that bathroom after the show. I know, you I know. Whatever know. you got going on, hold it in. <laughs> hold it in until like 90% of the people Attention are Attention new comics. Yeah, Here's just, your first uh, yeah. little tip. No, that's like, because you're in the stall and they are. I mean, oh. it, on one hand, you want to just beat them up. And then on the other hand, you're like... Well, they did just go to a show. I guess they're allowed to talk about. I what guess they they're thought allowed. Of the show. I mean, it is for public consumption. But yeah, it's always. I've I've heard. I think I walked by someone on the street the other day, 
I was like within a few blocks of a comedy club and I just heard, all I heard was, yeah, the first guy and the third guy. And like, all right, we know what that's about. <laughs> it can only be about one. <laughs> it's only about yeah, the one. First guy and first guy. Yeah. 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 But do you read reviews of your, uh, like your book? I really try not to. I am. I am a thin skin, but I, this is actually when it comes to, I know what my problems are. I mean, anytime I've, I've had feedback along the way, I, I welcome that while I'm still in the creating process. I throw stuff out to people. They write back. This is trash. That stings a little, but I'm super grateful because I can still do something about it. But once it's done, I just am not sure what that will add to my life to right. make it anything. Can you recall <laughs> that book? Can you do a mass recall of that book? And yeah, that third paragraph on chapter nine, which I didn't connect with. Can you do something about that? I mean, it's not for everyone. I understand that. But, but nothing I, uh, is for everyone. Yeah. And you know what? Whatever they are saying, I'm sure I've said worse things to myself. So it would be quite a competition. It's just weird. The effort. The effort. I really do believe, actually, there's two types of people, people who comment on whatever websites, bulletin boards, blah, 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 or people that read them. Right. And I am in the read them category, not of my own. Yeah, I've gotten good about not reading my own. Do you um, Do you ever write like a Yelp review? I've written so many in my head, but when it really comes down to doing it, I just go, I start seeing the, I just start thinking about the implications. And wondering if it even matters. I don't know. All of a sudden, it becomes useless to me. Yeah. You've done it? Yeah, I'm, I've got one. I, I've done it. I'm writing my first negative one about some business that ripped me off. Yes. Okay. In, in the New England area. I'm not even going to reveal it because <laughs> I'm so afraid of vengeance. Right. But it was such a profound kind of uh, sleaziness that it caught me off guard. And then I let them... I had a chance to... Because I was not prepared yep. for... The shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you deal with the I shock. I wasn't prepared to be like, oh, this guy's going to try to... I didn't go, oh, this guy's probably going to try to rip me off. Yeah, sometimes I feel stupid too because I will. I was at a bed and breakfast that was the meanest place I've ever been in my entire life. Like, clearly these people should have stopped within the hospitality uh, industry a long time ago. Like, maybe they were great the first couple of years mm -hmm. and then they just became sour and they were so hateful and the rooms were... Tiny. I mean, you when you live in New York, you're already used to tiny. Yeah. And then someone gives you tinier, you're just like, no, unacceptable, unacceptable for a lot of money. Uh, and I was, I felt powerless. So that's how I was going to regain my power. I was going to write a mean Yelp review, and then I went on on the Yelp to do it. And basically, there was three years of everyone echoing everything I ever said. Right. It's just a. I did what it's good to do sometimes, or I did this. I've done this a couple of times where. Uh, I'll eat at a restaurant before I look at the Yelp review. Yeah. And then I see it's got like three stars. And I'm like, oh, this place was fantastic. I did that recently. And this restaurant only had like eight reviews. And there was just one guy was like, oh, we got seated. And then there's seven of us. And it took 20 minutes. And it's like just one of those like, oh, he had a personal, not that great experience. Right. But it doesn't mean it's a bad restaurant. Well, and there's then, a lot of shitty people out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote a five-star review and jacked it up to a three and a, three and a half star. Oh, look at you. You yeah, changed yeah. the fate of an establishment. Do you ever read Doug Stanhope's? Uh, his uh, comment section? He's got Yelp reviews that are just... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like a up, little... Uh, that's something... That, yeah, they're worth it. sounds like some summer They're reading. Like, it's like, oh, this is funnier than anything I've ever written. And it's a Yelp review. It's, like, it's a review of a hotel that you stayed at. And it's like, you put more effort, or maybe not. It just came out funnier. Like, my Yelp reviews are very, like, all just the fact. Business. Yeah, like, uh, oh, the tacos were very solid. They were good. I don't know why they're saying they're too small. They're perfectly good size. If you have enough of them, you'll be fine. <laughs> Stop. You understand what the size is, then deal with it. Yeah, you're going to be all right. Uh, but I understand why you wrote that up. Although there was a dry cleaner that screwed me over. And then I was like, that was my big Yelp review. That Dry cleaners a have a dry bad clean. rep, I think. They do. It's, it's hard. That business is clearly very difficult. Cleaning clothes is near impossible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I came back and uh, I thought, actually, I was going to write the Yelp review. They screwed me over. I mulled it in a couple of weeks. And then I just thought, I thought, no, I'm going to be a big person. I'm going to go lo-fi, go back in, talk to the manager, explain that they should try to do something really proactive to make this up to me. And they were out of business. Oh. You know what I thought? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so happy. That must have been a mix. Being like, God, I kind of wanted to put you out of business. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I, and then I was like, I could have got 20 bucks for these people. Maybe they were. Maybe by the time I was there, they were already going downhill and they didn't care. Yeah, then that's probably. Yeah, dry cleaners. I've looked them up like uh, 
when I'm on the road and I need something clean. And you're like, a lot of, not a lot of four-star Yelp dry cleaner readers. <laughs> no, there's none. <laughs> Someone there's has not zero. figured out how to get that. <laughs> I guess some people go in there like... There's a lot of technology yeah. that has clearly increased over time, but I feel like dry cleaning, whatever chemicals they're using, right. it's still like from 1940s. But there's also probably an re- unrealistic thing of like, someone's like, I spilled a whole bottle of Merlot on my white shirt and you didn't right, get exactly. the stain out. Well, so, yeah, and there's right, a bit of blood, so that's been yeah. mixed together. Yeah. Fuck those people. <laughs> wow, I used a profanity. Have you ever played a comedy club a couple of weeks before it's closed? Um, I'm trying to think if I have, I have played places and I've, what I've done that's even more satisfying is you get a bad feeling and you cancel. Right. And then they close and then like, oh, I wouldn't have gotten my money. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's smart that you actually know how to get that feeling. And I, yes, I am referring to a club in New York city. Oh yeah. That place. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, you knew that was going. Have you, uh, so you've done it like they closed a couple of weeks later. Yeah, a couple of weeks later, but you know because you know you try to order something off the menu and they're like, oh no, we don't have any spinach, or you know, like they're slowly yeah, they're starting not yeah, to order. Don't reorder the thing. spinach, yeah, yeah. Don't reorder. They only have like a couple of kinds of beer left. Sometimes you get the opposite, where you like, where you get the club that's like, they just start out, and you're like, oh, they're not going to be able to pay this what they're paying me and treating people this well. So I'm glad I got here. Oh, now. that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone through that a couple of times in New York, too, where they're like, yeah, you know, to guest spot, it's $50. Yeah, You're yeah. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will never last. There's no way you found a place at guest spots for 50 bucks. But... That, was, that was hyperbole. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that was, that was... <laughs> That's like dreams. I have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I just worked a place last night that you had just worked. What's in that? Connecticut. Oh the, yeah. The outer space. Yeah. How'd you like it? I liked it. It was a good. It was a weird. I just liked that. I, I like pulling into a place going, oh, that's never where I would expect a, a show to be going on. Oh, it's n- nearly impossible to find. Yeah. There's no way you would drive by and go. I wonder if there's some any entertainment options. No, it's like almost in the middle of yeah. like the woods that happen to exist between New Haven and whatever that suburb is. Yeah. There's like a park or woods. I don't know. I just remember careening around wooded areas. We got. Yeah. We got. Lost me and my opening act, Ken Reed, got lost. Ken Reed, awesome guy. I yeah, love awesome that guy. guy. Yeah, I don't even I'm not mad at him. Mad at him for getting lost. You know. Yeah. He's a good guy. Can't get mad at him. He knows more about television than anyone I've ever it's, met in yeah, my entire life. He's got life. some hilarious obsessions. Yeah. But um, when were you there? I was there. I guess. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember exactly when I was there because this was a, a wild miscalculation on my part, which was to do three places in New England. In the middle of February. Yeah. That was just, I mean, looking back, I have no idea how I agreed to that. Because you want work. Because I want work. It was such an empty time in my schedule. It just was easy because I was doing steel stacks in Pennsylvania. I'm doing that. Which is fantastic. Okay. And I was I was trying to book around it. So, yeah, so we went to outer space, but, and I went to this lovely, I can't remember it right now, but lovely theater in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and, but, you know, both of those places were like, yeah, we've been open sometimes and not open sometimes because there's been snow and, uh, you know, it was like general chaos there. I was actually at Steel Sacks a few months ago, maybe a month or two ago, ready to do the show. I got there a night early and then snowed out. Like I'd never actually yeah. gone to the venue. They then it's canceled by weather. Oh yeah, I was in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Amtrak station, trying to get a cab, and there was no cabs because everything was covered in snow. So there was nowhere for cabs to pull up. People were turning into, uh, you know, when they get into groups based on location, like they are getting all into a little alliances, going like, "All right, who's going to the East End?" I'm not, and getting in groups so they could figure out their transportation. And I was like, "Hey, hey, I just need to go to the Dean Hotel. Can anyone take me there?" And they all turned around to me and went, "You have to walk." And I was like, "I don't want to walk." And they're like, "It's it's ten minutes. You have to walk." And they the group turned against me and made me walk. This was a group of people who. Just were also who live in Providence that were trying to get a cab from their from. The oh, they're saying station. there was like a triage thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> they were like, "You're no, not we important." Really, we really need a cab. It's like, oh, I'll take a cab four feet. I'll take a cab. <laughs> yeah, and I was like rolling my rolling bag, but they haven't. They stopped shoveling the sidewalks. Uh, it was just so stupid. I got to the hotel. I had to run immediately to the gig. I got to the gig. Uh, they were so grateful and nice, but I laughed out loud when I. Uh, you know, just after traveling there and they're like, sorry, the show's going to be um, really small. 
because of the weather and we had trouble advertising because we were closed last weekend. And, and I was just like laughing because I was like, why are we doing this? Right. Why are we even bothering with this? See, that would jumped out at me. Like we had trouble advertising. Why did you have trouble advertising? <laughs> I'm curious about that. Because of the snow? <laughs> yeah. did you, was your email it, also had a little snow you, in it? Were you hand painting a billboard or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love when Their they give you. flyer system was really out of whack. I love when they give you an excuse and there's like, you're supposed to just go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And you go, what does that even mean? You, we had trouble advertising. <laughs> did you like your crowd at uh, the outer space? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I liked them. It was it was a good sized crowd. Um, had that weird dressing room upstairs. That's yeah. sort of someone inside someone's yeah. apartment. Yeah, and someone's tuning guitars. Right. There's like a few things happening there. Yeah, and I made them clean the, the bathroom. Did you? I did. God. I think I did that. See, that is some star shit that I don't pull. I got to do that. I uh, I just... It was terrible. It was just a thing. And the guy was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was, when he looked at it, he goes, yeah, you're right. It's just like, I feel like I'm real low frills. Like, I don't care who picks me up right. and what kind of car. But like, if I see like a stain on a toilet that's clearly been there for... A while. Yeah. Just like, I'm sorry. You knew I was coming. Right. No, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. I, I, li I like the people that came to uh, the show as well. I got, I mean, I get some really nerdy people, which right. I love. Yeah, they're nice though. Usually. I love my nerdy or people. Or the meanest people in the world. Yeah, when they are, when they feel shut down by society, they can be a little mean. So in Providence, because I was there too, you stayed at the Dean Hotel? Yeah. Because I discovered that when I was getting coffee, that there's a, there's a good coffee shop there. But I, I was like, oh, this is where I, I wish I would have stayed here. Yeah, it was, you know, it's so funny because, again, after traveling so much, I get a little particular. And it's just because, you know, all your creature comforts have been stolen from you. So the only thing that was a drag about that place, and it's also because I live in a fifth floor walk-up to get to my apartment and I've lived in a fifth floor walk up for 15 years that that place is an old hotel so pretty but it is sort of like the rooms are quirky and there's and the elevator is weird and there's yeah. steps all over the place and I was like uh, maybe I just want a Marriott but the restaurant and that coffee place were amazing and that felt kind of great was it um because I've stayed at places where you're like it's a great it's like a hotel above a bar or something and then you yeah. go like oh wait oh, I'm the, in a hotel above yeah, a yeah, bar yeah <laughs> it's this really cool decorated room and you're like oh this is so charming and different and and then you're like oh that's why there's earplugs next to the yeah oh the earplugs anytime I've ever seen earplugs in a room yeah. I'm like change your room <laughs> I am changing room I changed my room in Providence because I heard people talking uh. There was some sort of drag convention in town. There was like seventy-year-old drag queens, amazing, on the elevator, which is fine. It gives a, it gives it all. I'm color. sure they don't call but it was, a convention. But the atmosphere was just a little more jubilant than it usually was. So it was a little, <laughs> talking seemed to be a little louder. Like no one was being a jerk or screaming, and everyone was very sweet. But it was, and that's also the design of the hotel. But it was like there was just. I checked in my room and was like. These guys, are there two guys in my room with me? Because I certainly hear a very That's clear conversation. And I just went down and I made a movie and it was fine. But I feel, yeah. What? A, <laughs> so you got you got some hotel demands. I like that. I do. I actually haven't stayed now. I feel like I, uh, I have a little bit of a thing where I walk into a hotel room and I can tell if they've given me the crappy hotel room. I always look at the clock. If it's the wrong time, I assume that's a problem. Oh, really? Yep. Because that either means no one's been there for a while or uh, I, I rarely think it's just like the plug's fallen out. I think no one's been there for a while. They haven't updated it. Uh, if it's like a weird corner, I don't know. I get very specific. Light, it, light is important to me to a certain extent if I'm there for more than one day. Do you ever try to... Um... I change them all the time. You do? <clears throat> yep. But do you ever try to sort of nip it in the bud by going, hey, what kind of rooms you got? I try. Uh, that rarely works because they always sell it to you like, hey, this is great. Yeah. And I fall for it every time. Uh, but then I go in. I just I just know now not to unpack my bag. Yeah, you're right. Cause I the, literally wheel in and the, just wait. There's always that dilemma. We sound like the most complaining people. And, it's, oh, it's, they're getting oh. together talking about complaining <laughs> about moving hotel rooms. <laughs> no, I got to tell you, when you travel this much, yeah, this is what happens. Exactly. It's exactly. not It's not because you get diva. I'm sorry. I'm like having a little attack. Uh, it's not a diva thing. It really is because uh, you don't want to be the person that gets the crappiest room when this is all you have in your life. Exactly. I agree with you. Sorry. No, it's all right. I got a little I get fired up also. Are you in the various uh, hotel programs? Like the 
I'm in oh, everything that's okay, ever good, existed. Good. Can you get your miles? <laughs> I get my miles. There you go. I, I'm TSA pre. Oh, I'm yeah. global entry. Yeah, me too. I, I don't. I feel like that may have been overkill. I don't, I'm not doing enough travel. Although I am going to Israel. You are. Yeah. What, uh, what are you doing in Israel? I'm a I'm a political reporter for New York Times. No, I'm a, I'm doing a couple of gigs at a place called Zappa's. I've heard of this. Supposedly it's really good. Have you ever performed? You're, I've aren't never you Israeli? performed. I am half Israeli. I've never performed there. Uh, part of me, God. Well, I mean, I feel like I get booked uh, quite often for Jewish gigs, and I always feel like I disappoint them. Right, because you're not. Because I'm not talking a lot about my Jewishness, how right. my Judaism affects my life. I don't really talk about it because it is not a big part of how I see myself, honestly. And yeah. I'm not religious in any way. Yeah. So they get Ophira Eisenberg and they think they're getting someone like fresh from the homeland. So they're very <laughs> excited with the name. They're like, oh, you know, because my name is so old, too. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, every time I talk to Israel, he goes, no, 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 come. And, and I go, yeah, how who was the last time you met on Ophira? Well, we don't use it anymore. You know, yeah. It was like Mabel or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they really think they're getting the real thing. And then I show up and they're very disappointed because I just talk about, you know, living in New York in my life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, those I've done Jewish gigs also and they, they can be, uh, it depends. Sometimes you get people who are just reform and they're fine. And that's great. But it, then, you know, then you get the more intense but so the place in Israel, I've heard, is pretty reformed. So. Yeah. Say, I talked to Sarah Silverman about it. Yeah. Not to name drop, but I'm <laughs> friends with Sarah Silverman, <laughs> comedian Sarah Silverman. I remember actually when I first met her, because one of the first friends I ever met happened to be Liz Winstead's cousin, totally randomly, uh-huh. this girl Kelly Casey. And so she brought me over to Liz's place where she was staying, and Sarah was staying there too. And I was pretty new to New York, brand new to New York. Yeah. And Sarah said, who, who do you know here? And I said, I really know. I'm just getting to know. And she goes, you know who you should know and you would like? Todd Berry. Seriously? Yeah. She, she just immediately uh, pointed you out specifically as someone that she enjoyed hanging out with oh, and wow. she thought was a good person. That's nice. Good people. Well, I'm glad we've hung out twice in 25 years. Well, we've done it. <laughs> glad this is the longest conversation we've ever had so far. No. See, it's a brand new day, Todd. No, you've always been nice to me, Ophira. <laughs> Yeah, back I, at you. I always, almost always say nice things about you. No, that's stupid. But uh, <laughs> have you have you been to Israel? I've been twice, once I'm when I was a child like, and then once I recently. Know. I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those places I never would have gone to unless I was booked there, but I feel like I'm probably going to like it more than... You love know. it. It's in Tel Aviv? Tel Aviv and this other city with an H, not Haifa. Haifa. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm embarrassed. Uh, Tel Aviv is one of the I mean, like best big cities. Yeah, it's a big city feel. Like it, it just every the food is incredible. The beaches are some just be. I mean, to have a city like that, just these incredible beaches. The people are pretty cool. There's a good nightlife. You'll like it. There's, How's the coffee? Coffee's fantastic. Are you kidding? Israelis are all about coffee. Are they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Coffee is fantastic. Well, that's good. Yeah. And they don't do uh, the, I don't know what you like for breakfast, uh, but they do, the Mediterranean breakfasts are incredible. You just get these huge spreads of like salads and meats and breads, and it's not going to be cereal. I'll be eating the breads and asking for cereal. Want <laughs> <laughs> some bread and do you guys have any cereal? Yeah, and they'll be like, uh, oh. I don't want rolled meat for breakfast. And, but of, <laughs> of course, if you at any point feel like, ah, I want, you know, all you have to do is go, if you want respect from people, all you have to do is go, yeah, I live in New York. They'll be like, New York. Yeah, yeah. I do find that New York is, it's kind of a, you get a little pass. Like if, if you go to a country where maybe they, they think Americans are idiots, they're so, they're so enamored with New York so that it, they're just, they forget all that other stuff they would have said to you. I remember going to perform for the first time in the UK. This was like still when George Bush was in power. Yeah, he was in power. Uh, and ha- they hated Americans. Oh, my God. In London, they despise them. Uh, I got, And I just kept saying, but I'm from New York. I'm from New York. And that was helpful. But people did introduce me as an act as an American. But we're not going to hate this one. There was such an anti-American sentiment. That but that's was... also so, that's bigoted. I mean, it's oh, like yeah. there's... Oh, come on. For, it's terrible. Everyone who supported George Bush, there was still plenty of people who 
or as unhappy as they are. Right. And I'm, I mean, when's and the last time you walked around? Friend. Yeah. In New York, too. When's the last time you haven't walked around and not heard a British accent yeah. or a Scottish accent? Or an, I mean, you know, they're, that tourist industry going that way is our, what, the hugest amount of tourists we get. Yeah, that's always. Uh, I mean, I haven't had a lot of anti-American thing, but I've had I did have a guy in England bring me up and he wasn't even trying to be mean. He's just like, you're going to you're going to recognize that this guy's not from here when he starts talking. Something that puts something right. in their head. Like, I, why don't you just let The him difference. Up? And then I proceeded to bomb really hard on, on with the cameras rolling. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I did some big bombing over in the UK. I had some of the greatest shows, I feel, that ever, and some of the absolute worst. And they, uh, I felt like they loved watching me bomb. Where like did you they, play in London? I played all over weird places, but then the couple clubs i did do a jonglers whoa or two yeah i heard those are not the easiest not great uh i did do a set at the uh, comedy store what's the what's the uh it's comedy store. yeah it's comedy store that's right i did do a set there that was okay their light light night show or whatever and then because there's like all the smattering of little gigs i played these 21 clubs i think they were called and a bunch of 99 clubs i can't remember yeah yeah there's some 99 something yeah did you do uh soho theater Never did Soho Theater. You should do a run there. Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. I'm going to work on that. I'll work on that? I'm, you know, I'll work on that. Yes, Todd, please work on that. Oh, good. I'm glad we discussed that. Isn't you the work five on that? grand I'm giving you for doing my podcast enough? <laughs> Check has cleared. Um, do you like being on the road in general? Uh, I, I, I do like it better than not. One, because of the money. Two, I do like the break. It actually makes me like New York more yeah. coming back and forth. I generally like having those weird pockets of irresponsibility. I, I mean, not even because I'm just out drinking or being irresponsible. It's just like I honestly can't do the dishes or organize or whatever. Yeah. And I, I now crave that for just creative or just figuring out stuff. I love having that weird time. The on the road time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I always come back and I just feel ambushed with stress and appointments absolutely and dentists and shit that i don't even and uh, emails and expectations and then i think like oh I, I mean i just did this where i i took a weekend off and i literally tried to shove one year of social engagements f meeting people's babies i mean just all the things that i have not done yeah. uh and therefore feel like a bad friend or this or that i tried to shove it all into those three days it was a nightmare Nothing, nothing worked out. Of course, you're like, hey, I got to be on the road. Yeah, That's and then it's just that. like, what, what am I going to do? I can't do it. I've got, no, I'm sorry, I can't come to that thing. I'm working. Yeah, it's like you get excited about gigs, but then there's that always that. Oh man, if you some get invited, something you really want to go to, and you're like, I can't cancel a gig to go to a party. No, no, but, no, no, no but, absolutely uh, not. And then I do, I really do think like. I love playing New York crowds, but, you know, when I'm on the road and I play to a good crowd at wherever, St. Louis or Durham, I'm not even talking like Boston, I, but they're so appreciative. Yeah. You get this like great, you're like, oh, it's just well, so. Well, you're also playing, you know, you're not playing at randoms, you're playing to. Yeah. People you're playing to people. Who you are. Well, I mean, that's just a fairly new thing for me, but yeah. that is. Welcome to my world. No. <laughs> I know you've had that forever. 75 years. <laughs> you know, my husband always remembers you opening up for Amy Mann at a winery. Oh, he saw that? Yeah. I must have talked to him about that at some point. Yeah, yeah probably. That, yeah. There was like a heckler also. There was a heckler at the winery yeah. for Amy yeah. Mann? It was a, yeah, it was a thing where, where you sort of, uh. You did their between song banter. You did an opening set, then you did the between song because banter. Because so Amy you, liked comics, yeah, but yeah. she didn't want to do a lot of talking. Right. And it's just kind of a it was just kind of a, a cool idea. And Love it. there was so I was actually on stage with her like five feet to my left and it's goes like more Amy, more Amy. It's like <laughs> Do you think I just like just hijack the stage? Like I'm part right. of the show and if you don't like it. But it was also like I don't think anyone particularly loved that gig, but at a winery. In, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just PVC, like cheese being eaten and just... Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Outside? Was it outside? Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah, it yeah. was good in the sense that it was weird, and it was like a life experience. And are you friends with her? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to her in a little bit, but uh, sometimes when I'm in L.A. or when she's here, I... Just seems like a cool person. She overall. is a cool person. We've written a lot of great songs together. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, that... Cause I don't know when that was, but Jonathan talks that about that being like an early gig of yours. Uh huh. Uh, and I th think of that in comparison to my early gigs, and I was like, "Well, that sounds like a much better early gig." 
Well, I was probably 15 years in also. Right. Okay. So fair enough. Fair enough. You you had total chops. You're with Amy Mann. Yeah. I mean, I might not have done a great show. Well, but. I mean, if, if you're, I feel like right now, if someone said, you want to go to a winery, play outside with a cool rock band, but it's going to go very badly, but we'll pay you this much money. I'd be like, sounds good. Yeah. Well, also, you don't know it's going to go badly. <laughs> right. No one says this is going to be terrible. One time at a college, I did a college. Uh, it was kind of in the Catskills, actually. Uh, and the, before I went on, the program director said to me, we've never had a successful comedy show. Go ahead. Have fun. Yeah. But let's see what you can do. <laughs> and the, uh, did they make you do a certain amount of time or anything? Or? 45. I'm bailed after 20. It's actually the only time I've bailed in my entire life. Yeah, I always try to, uh, when I think it's going to be bad, if it's like a college gig, because you, you don't want to do anything where they're going to go, you didn't do the time, you don't get the check. Right. But you also kind of, sometimes they want like, well, the first, the opener will do an hour, the second guy will do oh. an hour, and the third hour, and then you're going to do it. I was like, no, nope. no, it doesn't work that way. Someone actually told me, because uh, I stopped doing college gigs, but someone actually told me this thing is, you know, you look at your contract, if it's from eight to nine or whatever the show, it doesn't matter what happens, you are off that stage at nine. Yeah. So if the show starts at 8.30. Oh, you know, yeah. that's a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good little. Sometimes I'll adjust it. I'll go, can we, can we make the contract 45 to an hour? Yeah. And then if it's, I'll find doing an hour if it's fun, but if it's just. Yeah, that community college, they, they, uh, like they yelled at me. They yelled me off the stage and I powered through it for a while. And then I just went, okay. <laughs> God, that's just, it's terrible. Yeah, that was it's bad. A, that was also bad. like That was like a gladiator uh, feeling. It's just really sad and weird that you're like, you guys are at a community college and now someone's traveled to entertain you. And, and you, you hate them. You can yeah, go back, go study for your uh, your fundamental math class or whatever you're doing. <laughs> your your bowling finals. Uh, yeah, it was very sad, but clearly it wasn't set up for anyone to succeed. We uh, haven't had any comedy shows, but we've got eleven more booked, and then we're going to do. <laughs> That's it. right, because we have got to spend the budget. And we're going to do it. That's next what year it comes well. down to. We're like we're going to spend the budget, but who knows? And so, also, definitely don't think of a way to figure out. How to make your shows good, but maybe it's oh, just God. the maybe it's just the you know what they would do? They should charge a dollar. That would weed out everyone. That would weed out all of a sudden. Yeah. There's I'd, nobody there. You'll play to three people who are nice. But you're right. Actually, that was true. There was a little. There was one little section. I think of five, like four girls and one guy who's probably gay. Who knows? Who really wanted the show to happen? But they were just surrounded by all these other people that decided they did not want the show to happen. Um, how many people were there? I think there was about uh, 70 people there. Yeah. That's just... Uh... Yeah, it it actually it paralyzed me for a little while. Yeah? Yep. It, so is that why you stopped doing colleges? No, I did many, many, many after that. That was just in the beginning. I stopped doing colleges actually because I, I felt like my material was not right for them. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that feeling lately also. <laughs> I don't do a lot of colleges, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I just felt like I would have to change so much to make it appropriate. Uh, and the hundredth time someone said, you know, go easy on the sex and don't talk about drinking oh. and no drugs. And I was just like, A, what you're saying is wrong. Because that is all anyone wants to hear about, especially here. Yeah. Uh, and B, I don't have much left <laughs> after that. Yeah, the, uh, that's fine. So if you want me to do uh, crowd work for an hour, I guess I could do that. But I don't know if that's, uh, that's what they're looking for. Are you referring to my crowd for. work special? No, but that's, that is interesting. I know it is. I mean, no, it is. But, uh, did you enjoy doing that? I did. Yeah. 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 I, I, mean, I, um, I did enjoy doing it. And uh, it's hard to like do this because you lock into a set and you're like. And that gives you confidence, too, over time. Yeah. But you lock into a set and you're like, oh, man, I, I kind of don't want to shift this up too much because, like, I'm talking about it when you're doing material. Yeah. Because I sort of got an order and a groove going. Right. And I don't want to forget it. No, that's what I mean about the confidence. So yeah. it's like you lock into it and you're like, this is what works so I can kind of handle this. And But, uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's, I don't know. Sometimes when you're like, I've done this joke 300 times. I need to, I want to change it up. Right. But then you're like, why would I change it up when no one in the room has heard it? That is very true. That is like uh, the ongoing dilemma. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you did. <laughs> this is the comedian's dilemma. Um, now I watched your uh, your what was it? Fer Craig Ferguson set. Oh yeah, that was good. Oh, that was super Craig solid. Ferguson. Oh, thank you. That was like a really good. That was a good TV set. Man. Oh, I appreciate that. Because I feel like those after eleven thirty, I feel like TV sets after like Letterman, 
some of those are not the easiest, and that's based on experience. But I've never done Craig Ferguson show. Yeah, that was I don't a think I will that now. was a good. Yeah, you can't now. Well, I'm actually. Um, what is the guy's name? Cronk, Cronk, I forgot the guy. James ah, Gordon. That's right. Yeah. Um, it. but I it's I haven't watched it actually. I don't even know if he's having comics on. I haven't I watched. Know. I don't know. Um, actually, I've watched some snippets here and there just on the web, but none of them have shown the full show. But that was a that was very nice. That crowd was pretty good. But yes, they were a little. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even get this for a long time. That when a crowd is enthusiastic but tired, they clap as opposed to laughing. Oh, I never thought. I mean, I've always wondered why TV. I thought just thought it was a TV rhythm that that. I, it is too because they want to clap so badly. But yeah. you, you know, the they are they were like clappy in a way that again I think ultimately the product sounds good because of that. But you actually just want them laughing. Yeah. Because the clapping isn't really. And also the clapping can throw you off. It can throw it's you like, off. It's, it's like not no part one's of the ever clapped rhythm. there. And now I got these other two lines I want to slam out. But That's I'm, right. You have to lose a tag. Yeah. So, but it was a positive experience. The fact that he was there, Craig, watching it was supposedly, I'm, I'll never know why that was, uh, but he was, he supposedly, everyone told me, don't be offended. He gets up and leaves during the comics act. And I was like, okay, got it. Everyone had prepared me. And then he was there. Yeah, I heard that. I, 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 I don't know him, but I always thought that was just uh, not the best choice to make. No, that it's is that like is a weird a guest choice on your show. Then absolutely, don't that... go whatever you need to do. It's just sort of saying, like, ah, the comic, yeah, you know, it's just the comic. It'll be fine. So then he, yeah, so then he stuck around, and then he invited me for a little post banter, which was spontaneous. Yeah, that was good too, and yeah. that was fine. And I, and I, which was super nice, and it felt like a reward. And I also understood later a little bit why that why that happened is because he was promoing my book. Uh, he had my book. He decided to promote my book, but Michael Ian Black was nice enough to blurb my book. Uh huh. And Michael Ian Black and. Craig Ferguson are quite good friends. Oh, is that true? Yeah. And I think there was a, at some point, maybe Michael was going to like fill in for him at some point or there was, there was a little bit of that. I didn't know they were pals. Yeah, they're pals. The, um, I noticed in the set, you mentioned something about, uh, qualifications for a husband being, do you put your, put your stuff away? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now look at my, look around my apartment. Yeah. You see, How's it going? <laughs> you see what's going on here. What see, is it about putting stuff away that's difficult? Well, you have a unfair disadvantage, which is you're on the road. I know. I'd love to use that as an excuse, but all right. But this is the thing: if you shared your place with someone else, I don't care if it's a roommate or whatever, you ha would have to keep your common yeah. Space you kind of you kind of you kind of would have to right? right. So then the pretense of the roommate thing is gone because you now are just like sharing everything. And when the person doesn't do that, it, I feel like it reads disrespectful. But he was just raised, like a lot of guys, with a mother that cleaned up after him. Oh. There are a lot of messy women, though. Yeah, I, I've heard of this. Really? Yeah, no, and I do know a couple. My friend Susan is like, she's always like, oh, I'm super messy. Hey, I've seen, uh, you know, some places yeah. women live in that are, you're like, oh my God, I thought only men were fucking slobs. Yeah, and I'm not like, you know, I'm not... Uh, wiping down things every day but i do have if i have any little ocd thing it's like if there's a lot of clutter around me i on i feel like maybe my life is falling apart i uh <laughs> no i uh, and usually it is falling apart so. but you're blaming it on that stack. <laughs> but i'm blaming it on the, the stack of bills I'm like if i put those jeans away <laughs> that that Time magazine from four weeks ago. Oh, if anyone looked at my stack of New Yorkers yeah, that I have not read. What is it about the New Yorker that it's like oh. everyone talks about? How they like, there's something. I guess it's a very like hard to throw out magazine. It's hard to throw. It's out. such a pretty magazine. And every time you go to throw it out and you open it up, there's something that you just read a paragraph of that you're like, oh, this is really actually very interesting. Yeah. The um. So I hired a home organizer a few times. Oh, yeah. Which was How quite was... helpful. Oh, that's my dream. Why so, would you see? I feel like you would need one because you. I just want someone to take me to the next level. Really? Yeah. Like if well, someone I can could... give you the name of the person. <laughs> well, did, did, you, did she give you an organize? It was a, a she. Yeah. Did she give you an organizing tip that you were like, I would have never thought of that? Oh, the, almost everything she did. Because she came over for three hours the other day. Like my bedroom area over there was like my bedroom was crammed into the corner. Right. Sort of. And then there was a dresser at the foot of the bed. So I sort of had to like squeeze in and like. I'm, 
beyond being a grown man and I'm climbing into bed like, right. like I, I hate not it. even like a child because I don't even children that do that but just like because <laughs> you such... had a bigger room as a child as well and a, a friend of mine who was over had once who was helping me fix my stereo and I just moved in and he's like why don't you move your bed to the wall the other side so I moved my bed to the wall I told her why don't we try that and then she started moving other stuff around I was like oh my god this is it freed up this area like exponentially and then like i have a storage unit she's like let's bring this box to the storage unit like and i would have been like there's no way i would have lugged that right and i literally walked over to the storage unit with her and was, she found a way to make it fit and but yeah it was de- it was definitely yep. worth i mean it seems a little pricey but then you're like you it's so worth it no oh my god if it changes your space wait a second though what is pricey uh um, roughly are we talking over 100 an hour over 100 an hour but, yeah. But I feel like... A good shrink is over 100 an hour. Right. And also, yeah. Yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that. But, uh, <laughs> whoa, I know that. The, yeah. um, oh, but it's so, it was so, it's really worth it. Yeah. It just, for me, it was just like, some of it is is like, all right, if you gave me $5,000 and said organize this messy area that you're looking at right now. I would find a way to do it. But if if I'm not being paid 5000 which is my price, to clean up my own apartment, <laughs> like I'll just, I'll just look around and go, I'm overwhelmed. That's what it is. I'm well, very easily overwhelmed. Yeah. That I have my own overwhelming. I actually find the disorganization of my online world insurmountable. Just dealing with like the website and the yeah. email and the Facebook and the Twitter. I mean, I really, I find it... Uh, I find it so overwhelming. I I think it's in somewhat stupid to farm that stuff out, but I'd actually I would love it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I would never want anyone screening my emails. I'm also no. not getting enough of them where it's like, and I just don't. I don't want someone going through my. No, and mine's all mixed in. It's still like still personal and work and bullshit and yeah yeah. yeah do yeah. you update your own website or do you? Have... I do. I mean, I have a guy that does the the general design. It's a good that... website. It's a nice, clean looking website. I like that guy, but I, even just updating the schedule, it, the way it's set up, just takes a while. I don't know. I mean, like again, I don't know why. Uh, I just, yeah, your time gets, there's a program called bands in town, which I've heard of this. This is brilliant. Yeah. So you, you do it from your Facebook page and it just cross, cross posts to basically anywhere else you want. I love that the music industry basically creates everything for live performance that the rest of us clowns need to use. Right. Like the microphone. Like the microphone, MySpace, which was the first one, was really just for me. <laughs> so you bring out one that died. <laughs> well, that paved the way. It did. It did. Do you, um, where, where are you headed on the road anywhere? Uh, the next, I'm actually going to Austin on Oh, we're going to be there too. Oh, you are? Yeah. For Moon Tower. Yeah. Never been. Oh, it's great. It's a great festival. Yeah, it's fun. Have you ever been to Austin? I have been to Austin and I've been to Austin twice. I've performed there, but not. A, a classic stand-up show. Um, I did a, a couple of mosh shows there. All my stand-up shows are classics. You know, you know not, not just like at uh, the Velveeta Room or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've never been to these places. I've been actually to see, uh, but I've never performed. Uh, and I remember thinking, yeah, it, with the Austin crowd, I like them. I thought they were they were pretty it's cool smart city, and yeah. cool. So, What yeah. are you doing there? Which shows? Uh, it's a good question. I don't remember the names of them, but I do know one of them I'm doing with Maria Bamford, oh, which I'm great. so she's fantastic, unbelievably excited about. Have you met her before? I have met her. I kind of stalked her as a fan, mm-hmm. uh, but she was very nice <laughs> about it. <laughs> of course, she's nice. She's terrified. <laughs> exactly. We she kept some good distance. Like, just be nice. Uh, maybe they'll go away. Yeah. So that's exciting. And and a couple of the ones are there's an all star show. What are you doing? What are you doing there? I'm doing a couple of like headlining shows and yeah. then I'm doing Dr. Cat's Live. Oh, yeah. And then I'm doing Tom Papa's show. I don't know what I'm going to do on it. Interesting. But, which I've done it before. I don't know. I'd probably just read a script out loud or something. What's the premise of his show? It's sort of like an old timey radio show. Okay. It makes perfect um, sense. Live radio show. Yeah. Now, you're, you were telling me earlier yeah. before we got these mics rolling. Sure. That, that your book is going to going to be a movie. Yeah, well, it got optioned. It's called Screw Everyone. It's right? called Screw Everyone, Sleeping My Way to Monogamy. That's, that is, I got to say, that is one of the best. Like, it's the perfect title, the perfect tag. What do you call the second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like or? subtitle, but but yeah. basically we see but the yeah, tag because it's like oh that, that 
just I know exactly what I think this might. You know what you're getting. Yeah. It yeah. took uh, I, I got to say everything was in place except for the title for a long time. Uh, actually, my agent wouldn't set out, send out the proposal once it was done until I came up with a decent title. And I went through months of her going, nope, nope, nope. That's, but screw everyone's perfect. So it finally landed. I wanted fuck everyone, but they were like, okay, can you tone that down? And I was like, oh yeah, of course I can. Yeah, see, I <laughs> feel like that's, I was like, no. I think screw everyone's just as good as fuck everyone. Thank you. Yes. And also it saves you all the little, you know, someone's talking about it on TV. And they're like, we can't say the title of the book. Even though I have had some uh, NPR public radio um, interviews where the person has said, I can't believe I get to say the title of this book on air. <laughs> oh, well, I'm a, I am an adult. <laughs> I know, but their Talking listeners are very sensitive, oh, I guess. Uh, like it, if you're offended by the word screw. I know, like, screw uh, everyone. Just like, they're like, so did book. you screw everyone? You're not going like, to buy it. You're not going to, you're going to be offended by the book then, <laughs> I imagine. You don't like the title. Don't open it. Uh, but it got optioned uh, by by Jerry Zucker's production company. Oh, yeah. Wait, Jerry Z- CBS Jerry Zucker? Or, Z- um, or Zucker Airplane Guy? Airplane Guy. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of the one of those guys kind of a right winger now, isn't he? One of the brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but you might, be, yeah, you might be right. That it's not Jerry. That doesn't mean he won't make a good move. Yeah. So he optioned, his production company optioned it? His production company optioned it. Uh, and then I went out in, in a very surreal moment. They invited me out to their house and they had hired a writer, a screenwriter with some cred. And we, I hung out in their house. Was that in LA? I imagine? Yeah. And in, in a, a nice part of LA. Um, I can't remember these neighborhoods. Some, somewhere near, yeah, Brentwood. That's right. Really, I guess not. Um, that's near like Santa Monica or something like I that. Anyways, uh, and we worked on it. We worked on like they talked to me and they were like so nice about it. And we talked about like what parts of the book could be translated and what parts. Wow. It was very odd. I've never had that experience. It was lovely. That sounds good. so. Do you? It was amazing. Besides and, that input, are they like sending you drafts of the screenplay? To- they are. I mean, they don't have to, obviously. Right. That's not part of the option, but that is what they they would like to do. So they are. They uh, they got a financier involved. Uh, this guy who produces actually sci-fi series in Canada, just randomly, even though I am Canadian, there was no connection. Uh-huh. Uh, and some of his people have come to my shows and I didn't know about them. That's those Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> we walk any. amongst you undetected. So... Were you ever at all tempted to say, hey, can I write the screenplay for this? Of, of course. I knew I didn't have a leg to stand on because I've never written a screenplay. Right. So, but I have, there's a lot of stand-up in the screenplay, and I have been writing that. Okay. So I saw the first draft, and she had written the stand-up, and it was fine, but it wasn't totally the way I would do it. So I was like, hey, can I rewrite the stand-up? And they're like, totally rewrite the stand-up. Yeah, you should write the stand-up. So very. I've been rewriting. And it's kind of, it's actually very fun, because some of it is when I'm starting out, so some of it's when I'm not very good. And it is really fun to write your own not-very-good stand-up. <laughs> You're telling me. Still doing it. But yeah, I do it I do it all the time too, and I think it's good, but to actually try to do it is fantastic. To make it bad intentionally. Yeah. Or to just know the little problems. Right. So do you think this is gonna get made or is it I wouldn't or is it too early to tell? Yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't I one thing I've learned is to not bank on anything. Yeah, yeah, the far that. the the fact that it's gotten this far, I find shocking. That's great. And surprising and fun. It's, How was that house? How's that house? That where you met them. It was, there's a screening room in it. Yeah. Is it nicer than mine? <sighs> yes. It's, it's, a, it's your screening room has something to be said for it. I got to say Mine's with the pool. Mine's only 80 seater. Uh, Those, they had a screening room? They had a screening room, but it was sort of like a living room with two levels with a screen and an old fashioned projector that now they've obviously yeah. rejigged. That's like kind of comes through some holes in a bookshelf. I mean, just that kind of stuff. It was a very pretty house and obviously quite big sprawling uh-huh. uh, and the grounds were very pretty but that screening room that to me just said something it was yeah just... yeah that's the, that's sort of i imagine that's uh, a must-have if you're in that business and rich yeah and so the first night i was there they threw a little party uh and their friends came over uh their friends being some people you know just general people from the industry and then john lovitz <laughs> okay <laughs> and cuba gooding jr wow and uh his wife or girlfriend uh and these two guys i, I they're gonna hate me for not remember their names but they they're a couple and they wrote like the, my best friend's wedding 
and all a lot of these rom-coms that have been super popular uh and you know a manager and a blah blah and we just ate pizza and oh pizza sounds good hung out Fuck, I'm hungry. <laughs> i wish you wouldn't have mentioned pizza sorry where am i going to get pizza in, in new york city i have some uh, leftover pizza no, i can okay. leave it that's okay yeah I had some good pizza in New Haven the other day, yesterday. Wait a second. Did you have the New Haven pizza? Or what well, is, of what course, is you know, you, you go there and, and you think you're getting what they call the, and then there's like, oh, you, you messed up. But it is one of the um, premier original places. To get. It's, it's the place everyone predicted. I would and, and what's the place called? It was really good. It's Pepe's or Pepe's. something? Pepe's. Really good. This is what I love doing in towns. You find something like, like that. The pizza. I was just in St. Louis. It's the barbecue. San Francisco, you could do it with the ice cream. And you just go, yeah, you guys, or like Milwaukee, the custard. He goes, oh, you guys are big, but I'll give you a place. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I went to Poppy's. And that will anger half of your crowd. <laughs> and they will always yell out the place you should have gone. Right. There was like almost a riot in San Francisco over the ice cream place I went to. Which one was that? I can't even remember. I was just like, I went to Billy's. They're like, get it. You know? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You know, you realize my ice cream choice doesn't affect your life whatsoever. Like I could go back there again after the show, and you're not going to taste this ice cream, which I'm sure I'm sure was bad tasting, right? <laughs> yeah, yuck! This ice cream wasn't good. It's foul taste. Unbelievable. People are unbelievable. So I'm sure if and on the New Haven stage, if you said I went to Pepe's, a huge problem. No. Someone did actually ask. I did mention I had some of your pizza. And someone asked where, and I kind of just like, I was like, uh, it's not a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not doing this. And I got to laugh. But he, so back to the optioning thing. Yeah. Did, was, was there like a number of people? Is it a thing where they go, this person is interested in optioning it? Or did they, do you, do you I, sign that layer? Your... Yeah, no, I had, I had three meetings with uh, uh, people. One was at Paramount, one was Shondaland, and one was uh, with the Zuckers. And that was sort of the first round. And then it seemed after that there was some other interest. I had some weird emails come. But by that point, the Zuckers had made a strong offer. <laughs> <laughs> You'll tell me after we're done. But, uh... <laughs> so it was exciting. And I mean, like an option is not ever a lot of money. Right. Uh, but it's well, it's, it's just down a, the road. It could be. A... It could be. It totally. Did they talk about who might play you? This comes. It totally comes up a lot. Absolutely. So when I first very, we haven't talked about it recently. Uh, I really like Kristen Ritter. Uh, oh, I, I did a movie with her. It, oh, yeah. And is she cool? Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah, I really like her. Uh, so when I first sat down, they had a list of people in order that they thought would be good. Uh, and I just saw it. And number one was Jennifer Lawrence. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Rosebird. I mean, it was just like, this is ridiculous. Jennifer Lawrence is probably good because she probably doesn't have anything going on. Yeah, she's really available. <laughs> super uh, super affordable. Go, like, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> like, she's really good, but it's just like such like, oh, okay, Jennifer Lawrence. Well, that's the thing. They're like, who do you think? I'm like, Kristen Ritter. They're like, we're thinking Jennifer Lawrence. I'm like, oh, yeah, just get, get her. That'd be fine. They're like, we think she probably has pretty good comedy chops. Fantastic. Yeah, she would be good. She actually, she'd be fantastic. Kristen Ritter. Is good. Who else? Uh, who else did I have my heart set on? I, we did get, uh, God, what's this woman saying? We got approached by, who was the blonde woman that was in, I hate doing this, for years on um, ER? Really pretty blonde. Oh, God. Not Kate, not Kate Walsh. No, but also very pretty the, and she looks very swedish or nordic or whatever uh, I, don't, I don't know that and I then DR, yeah it's okay uh and then went on to be in the judd apatow movie oh where, wait elizabeth banks no about the like she was the pregnant one oh it man. will come to me All anyways katherine right. heigl okay Catherine Heigl. I probably just gave zero right credits for her by the way <laughs> but Catherine heigl's production company said we would like to do it and she will star and uh, the Zuckers went, no. So I was like, wow, all right. Well, I guess Catherine Hagel's not going to do it. Wow. <laughs> they think they can do better than that. Well, that's exciting. When is uh, When do they think this is all going to... God, I keep asking that and they keep kind of going, you know, then we'll we'll get it rolling by summer. And then a uh, summer passes. So I just, I feel like the timeline is just, I feel like we're going to get a second draft in the next couple months. And they, they will send that to you? Yeah. 
Are you allowed to go, hey, you know, are you allowed to tweak, bunch it up? I, I have been sending notes. Oh, that's good. They're smart to, to take notes from the person who wrote the book. It makes me feel very involved and invested. It is weird to read a character that is yourself but is not, is not yourself. Currently, they're still calling her Ophira, and I've begged them to change that name. Yeah, I've, I've begged them. I don't like... I've done a few things where they call me Todd, and I kind of, when I can, I go, can you just call me something else? Yeah. I just, like, can need a little separation. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's cool. I, I honestly, when I wrote, the, I, when I wrote the stories that were in the book, I never really, it was a great dream for it to be a book. I couldn't believe we made that happen. One of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and then when it made, actually became a different project, potentially, I was like, wow, I had no idea. So, it was hard getting it to become a book. Or... Yeah, I, you know, I was just reading this Matt Weiner article about how artists shouldn't, uh, writers especially, shouldn't hide their brushstrokes. That everyone thinks like, you know, you get a book, oh, you know, you just sat down, just it all poured out yeah. of you. But I had these stories that I was working on, some on stage, I had them all written out. Uh, I went through one agent, whole round with them, that we couldn't agree was devastating. Uh, I stopped with the project for a year, started working on the stories again. I mean, it just went on and on and on. And then I finally found someone that was like, oh, I kind of like this. And we started working and it slowly came together. Cool. But it took years. Yeah. Years and years. But there's going to be a big payoff. <laughs> it's already been a big payoff. It actually happened. <clears throat> I can't believe it. You, you know with, how it works. With me and Kristen Rivers, Ritter as, That'd the, be perfect. as the lead. I just cast myself. But you know, everything in entertainment, don't you feel like when you get a great gig or a part of a movie? I mean, you've done tons of uh, acting work, too. I wouldn't say tons. but Quail, uh, compared to a lot I've of... I've done about 75 pounds of acting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not even a metric ton. No. Uh, but like, just the fact that you get to be part of it, don't you feel... Yeah, it's pretty fun. I did The Nick the other day, with, and I got directed by Steve Soderbergh. Oh, my gosh. Which is really cool. Yeah. But I mean, three lines. like Still. And it was one of those parts where, like, anyone could have done this part. But, so? so? But it was fun to be asked to do something that wasn't comedy. Right. Really intense, dramatic breakthrough. <laughs> what was your character? I played a dentist. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I lived as a dentist for six months <laughs> just to really get into it. I put on about 25 pounds, dentist pounds. Now you're playing summer stage, right? Yeah. So the, um, yeah, that will be, it's it's uh, Central Park's, what is it, 30th year? It's a big celebration year for them. Uh -huh. uh, so they do these huge concerts in Central Park and they do some comedy there. And so the NPR trivia show, trivia comedy show I host, we're going to do a big show. Which I laugh actually. Jonathan Colton, who's the musician on the yeah, show, yeah, he's a great guy. He made the joke that you know because the summer stage stages physically are huge, uh, and he just made the joke of like trivia, small, <laughs> like really you don't need a massive right. stage for a couple of us to be like, you know, okay, we're gonna read on an. Oh, Amazon. you're doing your NPR show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever done summer stage? We did it a few years ago, uh, and it was. It was okay. It was like we were still getting our feet, and it was, uh, it was totally fine. But it was a. This will be a much more interesting situation, I think. Have you you've done it? I did it once. Uh, it was uh, UCB had booked a, sh a show there. It's like I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something. But it was really, uh, it was really exciting because yeah. the lights weren't. Com it wasn't completely dark out, so you could just see like four thousand people. Because we were doing a recording. We didn't have that many people. And because we were doing a recording, the sound people were freaking out because there was birds that are just attracted to the lights and uh -huh. the sound. So they were just like, bah, 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 and they were like, no, we can't even record this. Why are there birds in this park? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> like, well, maybe this should be a live recording. That's funny. Do you, uh, live recording, you have a new CD, right? I have a new CD. I recorded a CD couple a uh, couple months well i actually recorded it a few months ago now and then i released it a couple months ago but i just recorded it on my own at union hall oh, as we know yeah it's a great really place. place and you I, put it out already yeah well actually i was gonna put it out and then uh new wave just decided to put it out for me that's good which is great yeah it's nice so they, it's out now it's out now it's called bangs it's called bangs <laughs> I because I have bangs and the yes the uh no, that's uh, a quadruple meaning. It's like seventy five meaning. Which was just the joke. I mean, it wasn't even that was the dumb working title because I couldn't think of anything. But every time, people just kept referring it to it as that. So, I assumed it was fine. 
I so think I was like, end fine. of creative process. It's Thank good. you, Once everybody. you think of a title and you're like, I'm done thinking of a title, it's like, Ugh, oh, my it's God. It's the worst. Then you just move past it and you realize, oh, the title wasn't super I can't. I can't. Uh, it's That is now after doing it for the book and having success. But the t- I'm, two months I wrote titles. I mean. Yeah. Are you going to write another book? I would like to, you know, but it has to be about something totally different. I don't know if anyone really gives a shit about the life of a stand-up. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people have, a lot of famous people have written about that and they've done a great job. I don't know what I have to add to that canon. Uh And my first book was about relationships and sleeping around. It's very fun when you're sleeping around and telling stories about people that you're dating. When you're married, it's disgusting. Right. It's kind of (laughs) like... Asking your husband, what do you think of this one? I'd rather not read about that. And like all of a sudden, the books in health and wellness, you know, (laughs) it's not even the category you you want. Part two, like, here's I actually slept with some other people too. I didn't check. Yeah, there's some people that didn't make the the first cut. These are the B sides. Uh, so I would love to, I mean, I say I would love to write another book. That was a huge amount of work that uh, I I don't mind doing the work, but yeah, it's it's an undertaking. Where's your book, Todd? I actually do have a, I am writing a book. What? Yeah. What's it about? I don't know if I want to talk about it because I'm not quite sure what it's about yet. Well, I'm glad you're writing it. But I don't know if you read a lot of poetry. No, it's not a, how cool would that be if I released a book of poetry? That'd be, people have done it. I know. Jewel. Poets have done it. Uh, I remember when I first moved here, you were doing a one-man show that was autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. That was a very popular thing to do then. It was before sort of storytelling the moth where people did solo shows and yeah. a lot of comics did solo shows. I kind of want to do another one, but yeah. I don't have any ideas. And it's hard to like, sometimes you're just like, it's too much. You got to pick two, three things and do those. That's like, right. Because I feel like I neglect my stand-up. I record these sets and then I don't listen to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I make my own little bit of progress the way I do it, the way I work. I have a way of working, but you kind of want to kick it up a notch. I do. Sure, of course. Well, you constantly want to be progressing and changing. And I mean, I write a new hour every two weeks. That's I guess that's good. I know. That's, well, you know, some people think for you that's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ophira, thanks for being here. Thanks um, for having me, What's your uh, Twitter and all that? Sh- oh, uh, I couldn't get Ophira. Thanks a lot, Ophiri Dutt, for yeah. stealing that. So my Twitter is Ophira, E-O-P-H-I-R-A-E. Uh, and Facebook is the same. I'm everywhere as Ophira E. And you have OphiraEisenberg.com. Yeah, because I also could not get Ophira.com. Oh, you really wanted to keep it just Ophira? I want, I, it, it's such a rare name. I was like, well, this will be easy. Yeah. Nope. Every, there's, every time you think there's a rare name, like there's times <laughs> I've, you meet someone and you're like, oh, I, sh- I can just find out. I need to contact them about something. And you found it was like 3,000. So 30,000, right? You're like, your name's Eckert? All right, Eckert. I'll just find you somewhere. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, to you all at home, thanks for for uh, listening. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's, that's what you've been doing. Thanks a lot, everyone. Feral Audio. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations.